What's up, everybody? Welcome into the How Not to Be a Youth Pastor podcast, where your favorite two youth pastors, Kyle and Derek, talk every week how not to look be a youth pastor, because we've learned a lot of different ways how not to be a youth pastor. You say how not to look like a youth pastor? I We have also learned a lot of ways how not to look like a youth pastor. However, I will say when, because uh, every youth pastor ever knows the line from uh, the uh, Marvel movie, uh, I believe it was the third Spider-Man movie, where all three Spider-Men are getting together. You know what I'm talking about? No, because I haven't seen it. You haven't seen it? No, I How? Know. Oh it's my a, it's goodness. It's a massive problem, Okay, honestly. so most youth pastors know the line. The uh, new Spider-Man comes out. Uh, it's the uh, you know No Way Home. Or whatever one it was. Yeah, it was it was like homecoming, far from home, and then no way home. I was like, you guys need to be Super more original. More original with your titles. But in No Way Home, uh, and if you haven't seen it by now, we're just gonna spoil it for you because it's been multiple years, I think, that it's been out. But uh in the movie, and, and it was the coolest thing I've ever seen them do, uh in this regard, there's obviously been more than one actor to play Spider Man. Uh, you know, you had the original Tobey Maguire, uh, you had Andrew Garfield, and now you have uh, Tom Holland. And so what they did was they brought the like multiverse into this movie and used it to explain the fact that multiple actors have played Spider-Man and then brought Toby Maguire and Andrew Garfield into the movie Legends along with Tom Holland. It was very very well done. It was the coolest way I've ever seen any franchise explain having multiple actors for something. Uh but uh it's Toby Maguire's Spider-Man that like they're like talking about getting ready uh to like here's the plan, here's how we're going to attack the bad guys whatever. And Tommy Maguire's just like wearing his like this normal looking outfit like sweatshirt and jeans kind of thing. I think he's got like a jean jacket on over the top. And uh one of the other one is like what are you going to like where's your suit? What are you going to do? Just go fight crime dressed as a cool youth pastor? And I just I literally died laughing in the theater. I was the only one laughing, me and my wife. And uh, but it was it was the greatest it's thing I've ever. It's a little too spot on. It, it, it like there is one look, and and I already owned everything he was wearing. Yep. And so the next right. Wednesday, I wore that out, yeah. complete outfit, and I was like, "This is this is the cool youth pastor vibe." I am also now aware that now that we have a wonderful video element to our podcast. Huge shout out to Tucker for undertaking this thing for us. Uh, they now get to see, and they should know this by now, but they're going to see us having two episodes in the same attire. That is true. I didn't think of that. They yeah, do like a wardrobe change or something. I think it is critical oh. that we uh, make everyone understand that we do shower. We do have personal hygiene. We also just are very busy, and so we try to be efficient as much as we possibly can. That's true. We get together, record two episodes at a time. Yeah, which they already kind of knew. Huh. We kind of alluded to that anyway, yeah. but it doesn't take away from the magic, you know. Like it, there's there still is some pizzazz to this thing. I I thought about like, oh, just like quick whip my sweatshirt off. I got a shirt underneath; it'll look like I changed. Well, but I then just spoiled it now for everybody. Well, yeah, that's true. <laughs> but I was thinking. Anybody who's ever worked at a church knows this to be true. Our church is freezing all the time. And so I don't want to take the sweatshirt off. 
Because then I will be very, very cold. Is it always cold in the summer, too? Mm-hmm. Okay, that's nice. Yep. You, said, uh, you get that for two mm-hmm. months out of the year. It's too cold. What? Some, sometimes I keep a sweatshirt in my office Even during the, the summer. Oh, weird. Yeah. I have the opposite problem. I sweat buckets in my office in the summer. Mm. Holy buckets. We have, a, seriously, a gift of getting de- We haven't even started our quick question of the day yet. Bring it on. All right. Kyle, have you ever played, or did you ever mm. play laser tag as a kid? Listen, laser tag's the best. Yep, sure is. Um, yeah, we had, uh, I think there were a couple places in Rochester growing up that uh, that we could play laser tag. But my favorite was, uh, there were a couple times where like we got to play laser tag in the church sanctuary for a youth nice. game. Oh, man. It was, uh, that was the best. We did nerfs once and they didn't let us do that again because we didn't pick up all the bullets well enough. So they were like all lying around. That sounds later. like uh, exactly on par. Yeah. But, but then the lasers is just like the guns in the vest. So it was, uh, it was a blast. We could like darken the whole place and, and just shoot each other. I, uh, I was thinking about this last night because you're probably wondering how in the world does it have anything to do with what you guys are talking about? It does. Actually, I, I kind of see where this might be yeah. going. Um, what I so where I grew up, St. Cloud, Minnesota, there was this place called the Skating Place. Huge like skate floor, like where you can put on roller skates, rollerblades, skate okay. around. But then in the back, outside of the arcade, they had this laser tag room mm-hmm. and with a nasty carpet in it. Like, I don't know, the right, you know, now with technology, with how far it's come since we were we little lads, um, laser tag, you can kind of like relatively make it lightweight. Not back then. Yeah. Back then, we had like 20 pound vests mm-hmm. on with wires running everywhere. The guns were like seriously like five pounds, I'm convinced. Clipped to the vest. Correct. So you had yeah. no mobility. Yeah. Um, and then you'd walk into, you know, the the staging room where they had all the vests hanging up and they had yep. like black lights in there and your teeth were like, you know, pulsingly <laughs> white. Yeah. Um, and like they do like the whole rule saying like no running in here and do all this different stuff. Don't climb on stuff you're not supposed to climb on. Yep. But then like when they would send you off into each of your respective teams, you're like, oh yeah. Like, let's, yeah, it's about to get let, serious. Let, let's get this done. And then, you know, you're feeling like just an absolute tank, right? Like you're like, you're feeling like Rambo before you yep. go into this thing. Yep. You're ready to just like absolutely slay everybody. And so then they blast the music super, super loud with this like techno EDM kind of music. And uh, then you they open the doors and there is like a wave of like fog, yep. like like the, like the yep. cheap stuff where it's like you can taste it and it's palpable. <laughs> and, and you got like lasers jetting everywhere and strobes and like... If you're on the verge of epilepsy at all, like you're having a rough time because it is absolute crazy in there. And it's a blast. Like I look back on those times and I was like, laser awesome. tag was, was laser legit. Laser tag's where it's at. Then That's you jump sure. out of there and eat some really cheap, nasty pizza, spend a lot of money on games, <laughs> skate around on the floor. It was, that made for a wonderful birthday party. Um, yeah. I'm, is this place still open? Uh, you got to do a youth event up it there might at some point? Be, there might be some extracurricular activities that go down at that same place now. Uh, um, yeah, that's no good. Some external products that get sold um, yep. at this place. So, But we should go. Maybe we'll do a remote episode from the skating place in St. Cloud. 
<laughs> while we are like shooting 12 year olds in yeah. laser tag. Yeah. Episode 100, special uh, remote location, skating place, St. Cloud, Minnesota. You could get, uh, you. I don't know how the audio would work, but you could get like a couple of our students to follow us around in the place with uh, cameras. <laughs> On gimbals, so yeah. it's nice and smooth. Yeah. Well, hey. I don't. I, I know for sure that is not in the budget, but uh, <laughs> we'll see. We'll see what we can pull hey, that, together. That's like another twenty nine episodes from now. We might get now that we've got some video and an Instagram yeah. page. We might uh, start we might monetizing on YouTube. Man, this is this is where it's at. I like it. We'll see what we can do. All right, we are talking today about atmosphere in youth ministry because what better segue than going from the atmosphere of the laser tag room to the atmosphere of your youth ministry. I mean, <laughs> Especially because for some people, it's not that big of a difference. I, I was just going to say, for some <laughs> youth ministries, it might be the exact same thing. And so that's what we're going to talk about when we talk about like atmosphere. Um, you know, when, when you think about your Wednesday night, obviously you can think about the preaching and the connect groups or small groups, whatever you call them, worship time. But Depending on the church you will walk in, you will see a culmination of some of these things. You're probably going to see some form of specialized lights, whether they are colorful, whether they are like spotlights onto the stage. You'll see some kind of specialized lights that are probably more than just a light switch on and off like you have in your living room in your house. You're undoubtedly going to have some form of a sound system that probably can take levels to a very, very loud level. You're probably going to see some form of graphics or slides on the screen, whether that is a video wall, whether that is a projector. Can we, can we give a shout out and give Tucker some material uh, to the like the transparent slides? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. With the overhead projector where you have to take the transparencies and put them on and then flip yep. them off. Slide and then put it the off and put on. the new one on there. Yep. Oh, yeah. shoot, that one's backwards. <laughs> got to flip it around. <laughs> I always uh, hated in school when the teachers would use those and they'd write things backwards and you're like, what? And then everyone's giving them the deer in the headlights. They're like, oh, crap. And they had to flip it over. Yep. yep. Such a good time. Yeah, I don't think I've ever actually seen those used outside of a math class. No. Like, I, I never was blessed enough to go to a church that was using them for slides. I didn't get saved fast enough. I didn't get I, yeah, saved that's, until I was 13. that's the problem. Yeah. Yeah, I know. it was a, It's a bummer, but I've heard amazing things. And <laughs> if we're really talking about all of this, I think it's also critical that we are going to talk about haze, all right? Mm -hmm. Whether you call them smoke machines, fog machines, haze, whatever you call it, uh, we're going to talk about all these different things. So uh, there's a few different branches to this, but it kind of falls under this umbrella of like setting the atmosphere in a youth ministry. And even as we say things like specials, like special lights, haze, sound systems, you probably have certain feelings on either side of this spectrum. Some people are probably going like, oh gosh, I hate when churches use haze and I hate when they do that because it's eh, whatever. And then you have other guys who are like, Oh, we blast the sucker. You know, we have haze going the whole mm. time. And it if kids some... aren't choking, it's not effective. Right. Yeah. You know, I, I, and like it sounds extreme, but I guarantee you we have listeners right now who fall on both sides yep. of that spectrum. Yep. And so we're going to talk about all of it um, and how it can fit into your specific context. And so um, I think it's only appropriate to start with, you know, Kyle and I kind of stand on this hill of, 
our why really dictates our what a lot of the times for you and I both. Like everything we do always has a why behind it, at least for the most part. Um, and so I think when it comes to the philosophy of setting the atmosphere in your youth ministry, it's super important to ask yourself why or why not you want to incorporate these elements into your service. Because that question alone is going to uh, make some decisions very easy or very difficult for you. And it's also going to impact how much money you spend on certain Mm -hmm. things. Um, This has to be a fundamental question because I think um, a lot of pastors, especially youth pastors, think that when you arrive as a church is when you have all of these toys, right? Like when you have the fancy lights, when you have the booming sound system, when you have the haze and you can get some sweet pictures at youth and you can put them on your Instagram, you're like, oh yes, we've arrived here as if like that is the litmus test Mm -hmm. for a youth ministry. Like when you get there, then you've arrived as a church. Um, And that's just straight up not true. Uh, Another part of that is pastors, especially youth pastors, because you want to get there, you tend to spend an excessive amount of money on things, hoping to achieve something that elements alone can't fix. Mm, Like, you know, I'm going to drop 10 grand on this, this, these two movers so that we can have, you know, lights that pan out into the crowd and then come back and I'm going to spend 10 grand on it. Meanwhile, you have kids who aren't going to your spring retreat because they don't have money for it. Mm-hmm. And instead of giving scholarships to them, you just spent 10, 10 grand on two movers. You know, um, we're going to talk about, you know, why those things can impact, but ultimately I want to be to just set the stage here and I want you Kyle to give your perspective here but like I think it's critical for us to understand and ask this question why do I want this for my youth ministry why do I want haze why do I not want haze why do I want the good lights why do I not want the lights why do you want these things because I think when we ask ourselves that question it's our entirety it's going to reveal a lot of where our hearts at with these kind of things yeah, I think that you know there's a lot of factors that go into this. Um maybe the most important one is understanding kind of who your students are and what your mission and vision are as a youth ministry. Um you know, for for us, for our youth ministry, um you know, we have a haze machine we don't use. Uh we have lights that do move and we rarely have them move. Uh, because our goal is not to create that kind of environment. Our goal is almost to specifically avoid creating that kind of an environment. Um, because what we, and, and maybe this is the season that we're in, but I really feel like it's just a reflection of who we are as a ministry. Um, like that's not, that's not something that we want to focus on now. If, if we kind of give a shout out back to the episode we did where we were talking about, like, can a, can a youth ministry be too big? Uh, you know, that's where, like, there's, there's a youth ministry and, and a church in general in our area where their goal is to reach people that are not going to church at all. And very commonly, I will see families and students come to our church after having spent two years two or three years at this other church, they, they got saved at this church, 
but now they want to go something a little bit deeper, something where they can build deeper relationships with people. Uh, and so they come and check out our church and because we're smaller as a church. And so we can, uh, you know, be a little bit more intentional. It's, it's, very, very difficult for a very large church to be intentional about building those small relationships. It's a little bit easier for us. This other church, if you go to their Sunday morning, or if they're go, you go to their youth service on Wednesday night, they have all of this and some. They got plenty of haze. They got plenty of lasers, plenty of moving lights. But their goal is to make somebody feel comfortable. Like, yeah, I go to concerts all the time. Uh, this feels a little bit more natural for me. Uh, when, when you take all of that stuff out and just pursue the presence of God, that can be a little bit intimidating for somebody who's new. And I think there are really good ways, and, and we do this, we have to do this. There are really good ways to help with that and, and to teach on that. Uh, but I, all of that to say, I think that the purpose of your youth ministry and the vision is important. If you're, if you're not like, like be okay, just, yeah, we, we don't go for the flash. We like, we, we aren't focused on that because we want to focus on something else. And if like have a niche as a ministry, be comfortable with that, be secure in that and let another ministry have a different niche and go in a different direction. I love that so much because that, that really is what it boils down to. These things aren't inherently good or bad. You know, like Mm -hmm. any one of these elements is not going to like in and of themselves, they are not going to make or break your ministry, but they can make or break it depending on your context. I love that because, you know, like in your context, that would be a deterrent for you, but that doesn't mean it's bad. You're not sitting there and going like, I'm just going to bad mouth this church down the road because they use haze. And I think it's so stupid. Like (laughs) we, we can get into like the the things themselves, haze, movers, gobos, all these different things. I could get really deep into the technological side of these yep. things. But all these things themselves inherently are not bad. Right. But there are bad ways to oh, use absolutely. every single one. Yeah. From a from a from a philosophical side, like Derek was saying, if you don't if you are not giving scholarships so that you can buy ten thousand dollars of lights, that might be a problem. That's that's a philosophical philosophical problem with this. A practical problem would be like we got students that don't want to come in for worship because it's too loud. Yep. We got students that don't want to be there for worship because the smoke is too thick. Okay, mm-hmm. this is a problem. Let's address it. Find that sweet spot and then move forward from there. Yeah, exactly. And that's that's where we're going to move now is like let's you know, once you have that philosophy down, like let's talk about how each of, you know, these elements can contribute to your youth ministry. Because again, it's one of those things. I think it's such a critical question to ask yourself where you stand on it right now and what you think in your context right now is good. Because I do believe that we're going to talk about the good first. I do believe all the things that we've just mentioned can enhance your youth ministry. Mm-hmm. It's not that just the elements themselves make it better, but it does, it goes into this episode title, it helps create an atmosphere, right? Yeah. When you walk into Olive Garden and have a nice dinner with your spouse, with your friend, whatever, there's a reason when you walk into Olive Garden, they're not blasting screamo music. Yeah. Because that doesn't make you want to enjoy a nice Italian dinner, right? That's that's, that's not the vibe it's that not we're going for. It's not for me, right? Yeah. Like, but 
you will have some slow, smooth dinner mm-hmm. style music playing at Olive Garden. It's going to be a comfortable temperature in there. The lighting is warm and a little bit down. Why? It creates an atmosphere. If you walked into Olive Garden expecting a romantic dinner, even if the food was amazing and it was the most five-star level Italian food, but they had bright neon lights in there with screamo music, you're not getting couples going out there on their anniversary yep. because the atmosphere sucks. You know, If your atmosphere in your youth ministry is not great. It's not that they can't connect with God. It's just that it's harder for them to do that. There's a reason that kids love going to things like youth convention and camp. It's not because inherently the speakers are that much better at what they do. It's not that, you know, all of a sudden, like there's this massive shift. It's that there's a different atmosphere when they're surrounded by hundreds of other fellow peers and there are different elements that they don't see on a Wednesday night. It creates an atmosphere for them to connect with God. Yeah. Can, can I, cause we've got like, like these, this list you have in our show doc, haze, lights, sound, graphics, background. Can we go through individually on those sure. and kind of talk with, cause uh, you know, Derek is the one that kind of, you know, championed the, uh, the outline for this episode and the idea for it. And I, I love the timing of it. Cause we just did a training with the students that are in our tech booth, not on, I, and I, I didn't train at all on like, Hey, here's how to mix on the soundboard. Like we, we can do that another time. The purpose of this training was like, you guys are the stewards of the atmosphere in this room. And, you know, everybody knows that being on the tech team is like being a referee. If no one knows you're there, that means you're doing your job well. If nobody notices you, like if, if you can, there are baseball referees that people know by name because they're so bad at their job. Mm-hmm. Uh, baseball umpires, my bad. Uh, but other sports, it's the same thing. And, and if you, if nobody notices you're there, if no one really notices a lot of these things, unless they're pointed out, that's, usually a win. A great thing. Yeah. Yeah. So let's run through like what each of these things are. Is is, is kind of, Yeah. You know, so some like, of them are self explanatory, but we like, start with like if we just start with like the sound system. Okay. Uh you know I I don't know the math and actually the math is going to be different depending on the room that you're in. But you could probably even Google like, hey, here's the dimensions of my room what should the decibels be at? Get a decibel reader that you can have in your sound system. And like during your, if you have a worship team, especially during rehearsal, have your sound person, you know, just check the decibel level in the room to make sure that it's not obnoxiously loud. Uh, You know, I, I think that, you know, from a sound perspective, there's not a, that's really the only thing that I can think of. Like there's a lot of intricacies to running sound, uh, but one of the biggest no-nos is just like, Hey, it does not need to be as loud as a jet engine on the right. runway in here. Well, it also creates some objectivity amongst different sound people. Cause every yeah. sound person has a different ear and they mix it differently, but mm-hmm. they also have different volumes. Myself who has been hunting since I was five years old and had shotguns going next to my ear for the last how many years, my hearing is not as good as say someone else's, you know? Yeah. So I might think it's a good level in here. Whereas someone who has better hearing might be going, Oh mm. gosh, yeah. you know? So I think that decibel meter is super, super helpful. And um, and I'll go, I want to kind of lump background music 
yep. in into this, not from the perspective of like the keys at the end of the sermon, but like we have we have pre-service music that's playing, you know, in the room beforehand. Uh, last night we had, we started our night off. Uh, this, we're recording this on a Thursday. the The previous Wednesday night for our youth ministry, we started off with a game, uh, and so we had some music playing underneath that. Typically, at the end of our nights, we break out into our connect groups, and we have just some soft worship music playing under that. Mm-hmm. Uh, all of that kind of goes with like if you've got a student or a volunteer running your soundboard. Uh, stewarding the atmosphere and not having dead spots, uh, in, in the music, uh, in the atmosphere is a very underrated part of all of this. It is something I, this probably been the thing I've talked to our media team the most about is at the end of my sermons on Sunday mornings, there's almost always just a little bit of that dead space between when I send everybody out and then bringing up the, like the music to end. So then it's like, you know, I, you know, say goodbye to everybody from the stage. And then there's like this 10 second window of just silence when everyone grabs their coats. And it it just creates this, instead of people walking out feeling like encouraged and Mm. optimistic and that was cool. It's now like a. It feels like you're leaving a funeral. Yeah, it does. You know, and like it's, that it's, I think it kind of goes back to, you know, does that negate everything we just talked about? Well, no, Mm. you know, but if we were to, if we, if that transition, that small thing were to just be a little bit more polished, it would change how people walked out yeah, of, you know? Sure. And so that's kind of, this could be summed up going back philosophically. I'm going to get back to practical again. These are small things mm-hmm. that can just take your service from an eight out of 10 to a 10 out of 10 mm-hmm. or from a six out of 10 to a four out of 10, you know, either which direction. Um, and so it's just important to do that. So you have your background music and your sound system. That's a sound board. That's your speakers. Um, you know, for both of those things, some people have an analog board, which means they have the individual knobs you can turn. Mm-hmm. Other people have a digital board. Uh, there are different things we go into that, but realistically, it's it it'll, it can produce the same results. We don't have to get into that too crazy right now. Mm-hmm. Um, let's chat lights quick. Yeah. You mentioned a word that I want you to to dive into. Gobos. Gobos. Heck yeah. So I want to start with, uh, like if you are, if we're talking about lighting, uh, the most important lighting is the front lighting. Uh, you know, these are the, you know, they'll commonly be referred to as wash lights. Uh, these are the lights that they are mounted, pointed at the stage. They're hitting you as the speaker in, on the front side of you. Uh, they illuminate you on stage. Uh, before you add any other lighting, this is the lighting that you need to get right. Uh, you know, these lights should not be the ones that move. Like these are lights, you set them, they point at a specific spot on the stage, and you don't touch them. Uh, they're either on or they're off. The really fancy ones can change color. And the even fancier ones can change color without like you seeing the rotation of the circle of like the white to the green. Yeah. Uh, Cause that one, that's just hilarious. And I love that. But uh, that front lighting is important. Like that's what you got to get right first. Uh, the next kind of lighting that you got to get is, uh, well, I'd put these two uh, into the same 
category of backlighting and uplighting. Uh, you know, backlighting is mounted above you from behind coming back down at you. Uh, typically this is a little bit of a different color. It could be kind of a whitish. It could also like blue is a pretty common color for it. Uh, you know, it gives you depth on stage, whether it's the worship team or the speaker. Um, you know, it's not, this is probably the third most important. The second most important would be the uplighting. And really all that means is like lighting behind the stage, typically pointed either straight up or back out at the audience. Yep. Uh, that gives a little bit of depth to the stage as a whole uh, and, and, and kind of creates some atmosphere. Yes. Typically that's where most of the color uh, will come from. Uh, and then your backlighting, you know, can kind of fill in a little bit of color that provides depth to you as the speaker, the backlight, the uplighting provides speaker or provides depth to the stage as a whole. And so those two can be cool, but it's so much more important to get the front lighting right before you start to play around with those. Then as Derek said, we can get to like the gobos, uh, Movers are just colored lights that move. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, they have 360 degree uh, moving abilities. They can go all over. You can pattern them, program them to do whatever you want. Gobos is when you start to get into lights that like create shapes. Yep. And so you are you are uh, you know casting a light that creates a specific shape onto a wall, onto the stage, wherever it is. Uh, I would like, they are so low of a priority for me, but, uh, we don't have any in our youth room. Uh, they can also actually, gobos can be used really well for spotlights. Mm -hmm. Uh, so I, I'll say that too. That's another useful thing for them, but I've seen gobos used, I don't know about you, but in a number of different ways, I've seen them used where they're pointed at the stage from like kind of from the same perspective as the front lights. I've seen them used where they are on stage pointing up back at the ceiling above the audience, yep. casting light there. Yep. Uh, or you know, if, as, as backlights coming down like shadows uh, behind people, I've seen it used almost everywhere. Yeah. And they get expensive for that very reason. Yeah. I, it actually, like the, the front ones, I don't know what gobos go for right now. The front ones are probably like good ones are seven to 10,000 a piece. Yeah. which is so much money. Yeah, it is. And and that's we're going to get into how at the end of the episode cuz I think there's a lot of tips and tricks that when it comes to all of this all these things, but um I loved what you said Kyle about like that 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 wash on you. That's nobody wants to spend money on that cuz like that's mm. those are not the flashy cool lights that people notice, but it's it does make a big difference from a spectator when you are lit up as the speaker and that kind of thing. Um, the, the last two I want to tackle here are, are different. Um, but the one are the graphics in the slides, um, you know, a lot, your standard church typically now has a projector for this, yeah. that, that projector is casting on a screen or multiple screens that is run from a, the pro presenter program or whatever program you use to project slides. That is the most common. 
Um, yeah, you could use even something like PowerPoint, right? Uh, but but a pro presenter is by far the the most popular program to be running. It's it with. quick, it's responsive. You can do a lot of different things, like lower thirds for a stream. You know, we could we we seriously should just do a pro presenter episode. That could be a fun because and this is uh, yeah, I think we might have talked about it. We should do another what college didn't teach me episode. But uh, I actually. T- was taught this, but I, yeah, that I think we talked about this. Like, yeah. I did not. A lot of youth pastors get crossed over. It's youth slash tech, youth slash worship, youth slash kids, and, and so talking about like, hey, if you are in charge of like the tech at your church, let's talk about some of those things. So that'd be a fun episode to do in the future. I agree. Yeah, um, you know, but I think where you start to see some variation, and this is, you know, this would fall under the category of some of these bigger churches we talked about earlier. Mm-hmm. But some will have an LED screen. Yeah. So the, it, it's one big screen that's just a bunch of different individual LED panels. And oh boy, do those get expensive really mm-hmm. fast. Uh, we're talking hundreds of thousands for some good ones and some big ones. Um, that church that yeah, we're referencing, I know with a sheer amount of confidence from someone who works there, we're talking somewhere between 250 to a mil. Yeah. Um, for that one LED screen. And again, is that wrong? I'm not saying it is, but it's it's out there. Like, there are some different elements I'll, to project uh, that. I'll throw out here, you know, because, you know, it, it can be pretty easy to, you know, dunk on, you know, the big church that spends $250,000 on an LED screen. Uh, the church that I grew up going to, uh, you know, they, we did not have an LED screen, but this was also 2009. Uh, <laughs> but they had, they built a new building in 2005 and, and moved into it. Beautiful giant building sanctuary sat, I think 12 or 1300. And they specifically built the sanctuary with just about every bell and whistle from a tech standpoint that you could possibly imagine. Like their sound booth was huge and had everything. We had like two soundboards. They they had all the speakers you can imagine, all the screens you needed. And one of the reasons they did that was so that because Rochester, where I grew up, is about an hour and a half from Minneapolis and St. Paul, huge metro area in Minnesota. And so they would get an artist like you know, Michael W. Smith, 10th Avenue North, uh, you know, big Christian artists would come and do a concert in Minneapolis at a venue. And our church was set up so that these artists could swing down on Thursday. You know, they're doing concerts Friday and Saturday night up in the cities, Thursday night or Sunday night, they could come down and do a concert at our church and it wouldn't cost them a whole bunch because a lot of their stuff a lot of the tech stuff was already taken care of and and they had an opportunity to host a whole bunch of different Christian artists and different things. And and it was basically like an outreach event almost like this was a, one of the ways that they reached out to the community was by bringing different artists in to do concerts. And so I, I wanted to mention that as another example of like, Hey, here's like some of the, kingdom mindset that you can have with some of this, but also remembering it, that goes back to vision. Like this was the vision and the mission that this church had for this space and and they made it happen. Not every church is called to do that exact same thing. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, there's one more thing I want to mention, but I'm going to mention it here in the, in this last section in just a little bit here. But the last thing I want to cover, um, is haze. 
and here's sorry real quick before we get off the graphics and yeah. slides thing i want to give youth pastors permission uh a black background with white text is all you need if you do, if, if again like going back to like if it's not your thing to be super like complicated with this have a black background with white text you know same font every single week same format every single week like be simple with it i have not used a moving background behind our worship slides in at least 3 years uh it, you know it it doesn't have to be super complicated if yeah. you don't want it to be like so i just like give permission to youth pastors to be simple for sure and that goes with all these things it you does know? you know it it if you want to do it and you want to tackle it go ahead if you don't let this be something you go oh, so far behind the game and now i'm, mm. I'm sitting our youth ministry back like no these are I haven't I haven't swapped out our moving backgrounds in so long. I need to do that, but the, I have so much other work I need to do. The line I have in here, these are enhancements, not substitutes. Yeah, you know, that's good. The, these are things that can enhance if you desire to, but if and they if are, you do it well, yeah. And if they substitute, if they become a substitute, where you're now substituting your time by making these cool mm-hmm. graphics in place of doing other more important things, it's not worth your time. Last thing, just super practically, is the haze. Um, this is whether I don't care what you call it. Fog, smoke, haze, whatever you want to call it. There is actually a difference between the, there's three major types. Of, like, we'll we'll call it all haze yeah. for practical sense, but there's three. My, my understanding is there's three major types. Yes. Uh, type number one is uh, I think they call it floor haze or or floor fog or something like that. But like, if you watch Dancing with the Stars. Yep. Like this is a lot of times what you'll see where it looks like it only, it settles, you know, it doesn't get more than like a foot off the ground, yep. maybe foot and a half. And it just kind of settles there. It looks like they're walking on clouds during Dancing with the Stars. That's the effect they're going for. Yep. And so they're using a very dense haze on purpose. Uh, a fog machine uh, is is something where it it's more evenly dispersed around the room, but it's a little bit thicker. A haze machine and a fog machine are different. Haze yeah. machine would be what I would describe as probably the goal for most churches where a haze machine is going to allow the light beams to bounce off of this haze. And that's what where you get the effect of you can see the beam of the light, but it doesn't hinder your ability to like see, see without your eyes yeah. watering. Well, and that and that's what I was going to say is the actual juice that goes into these machines is not created equal. Yes, that's you, accurate. You you can you can get the cheap stuff mm-hmm. um and it's you're going to taste it. Yeah. You're going to see it. It's there's gonna, it's there's be even heavy. like with the haze, I believe there's oil-based hazes and water-based that's hazes. Yeah. And and even from a practical standpoint, like ask your church's janitor if the oil-based haze is something that you want to use. Like it settles. Yeah. And, and it stains and it seeps into whatever else is in the room. Yep. Uh, and so I would, I would highly recommend the water haze uh, for, for that reason. The other thing that I think not a lot of youth pastors take into consideration uh, would be if your haze is too thick, do you want to know who's not going to like it is the vocalists on your worship team. That's correct. Which is a underrated factor. 
that uh, that I think is important. Like, especially if the have you ever seen a worship team where like the haze machine is clearly right next to one of the band members? I always feel so bad for them. <laughs> to, they're wearing goggles up on Sunday yeah, morning. Yeah, they got they got like a scuba mask or yep. like an N95 mask yep. going on. Oh, that would not be good. Yeah, no, and it's uh, let's let, so. Taking all that, because you, you hit on some amazing points here. I'm, I'm going to sum up this because we talked about a lot of this. Mm-hmm. These things contribute to an experience. Like this, these kind of things can just make that atmosphere feel better. And people will attach certain memories to certain things. Like I, I remember, like there are certain times when I was at camp and God really spoke to me. When I picture that moment, like I, I remember everything. I remember the stage set on, on stage. I remember, you know, the kind of music that was playing like that. People attach way more things subconsciously to memories than we realize. So that, like, there's kind of tangible things for people to grab onto there. Um, it can help students stay focused and engaged. If your sound system sounds muffled and crackly, they're now distracted. You lost them, you know? Yeah. So like having good things helps students to stay engaged. And I do believe there's something to be said about these kind of things just add some excitement and fresh looks to your to your stuff Mm -hmm. i'm not saying that's what you need to focus on but it is one of those things like we just recently redid some of our lights at church and people are like it looks awesome in here like you know it just Mm -hmm. it was something fresh and new for them just to kind of grab a hold on so there are some good things to that but i think it's much more again i love that analogy when things uh when these things and when you notice they're bad that's when you've now hit problems when yeah. you don't notice them great yep like that's awesome mm-hmm. but when you do notice them it derails things a lot quicker yep. than even even if you think about uh the science behind color uh red is a color that elicits strong emotional responses you know red is often associated with anger uh you know having like there's science behind like if you have a red wall, a painted wall in your home, it's more likely to incite arguments between you and your spouse. Interesting. Um, you know, on, on the flip, another example would be yellow. Yellow is a color that often, uh, like brings feelings of hunger. Okay. Now take those two together and ask yourself what colors McDonald's uses for their logo. A strong emotional response to hunger. Like that's what they're good. There's science behind this. I could Chick-fil-A, Arby's, how many different colors, uh, how many different companies have red in their food logo? Yeah. Like it go, the list goes on and on and, and because there's a science behind it. And so one of the things that I think if, if there's intentionality behind it, like I could bring, you know, a specific color at, into the design for this song. I like as cliche as it is. Oh, we're playing oceans. Let's maybe get a little blue into the mm-hmm. lights. Uh, as simple as it is, like no one will notice that, but on some level, th- their brain will connect those dots. Right. Absolutely. And you know, it's it's even one of those things where people do notice if all of a sudden, like you are. Like if you get the wrong background mm-hmm. and you try to switch it quick, all of a sudden now it's like, oh yeah, that, that's distracting. So yeah. if the lights 
immediately switch versus a slow fade. Yep. You know, you'll, you'll see, you know, that can, any of those things. And that's what I talked about with our tech team, you know, when we met was our goal is to not take people out of the presence of God. You know, if, if the light glitches because we didn't check through everything beforehand and it shines right in somebody's eye, that might take them out of the presence of God. If guarantee it will, if, if we have this beautiful altar time and now we're going to go into our connect groups and you fade up the music and it's cotton eye Joe, that's, that's going to take people out of that mood, out of that moment. It ruins the atmosphere. It does. And and the whole, the whole goal of all these things is to be tasteful additions to the atmosphere not to distract people and remove people from the atmosphere. You, you could sum up this entire episode with one word. It's just transition. All of these things are just transitions. If mm-hmm. your transitions suck, it you notice it. If, you mean that when I preach, I can't use the old uh, PowerPoint slide transition where each individual <laughs> letter goes like this, you know, spiraling onto the screen. I can't do that when I preach. I mean, I'd love to see it personally. <laughs> Just going to say that. That'd be awesome. I, I, those trans tell me that when you were a kid and you had to do some sort of PowerPoint oh, presentation, you everything. every single slide had a different transition yep. effect. With the and sound it was, effect. With the sound effect. And it was the most obnoxious ones were the first ones in. Yep. That's yeah. Good. Or the word art. With the oh, cup. yes. Word art was legit. Word art. Man, this is... I know. Taking us back to a really special time. Kids don't understand these days how easy graphic design is oh, for them. Yeah. Like we struggled through the early days. Like how many logos did I create on Microsoft paint? Yep. Oh, that they've got Canva, Adobe illustrator, yeah. Photoshop. We had clip art, word art, Microsoft paint. Oh, and and man. it was, it was, you literally had the paintbrush with the mouse, with the little ball in it that would like just yep. hop over every yep. once in a while. What, what, uh, what company or or who was it that had like the little paper clip that would was that Microsoft like yeah. in Word? Yeah. The little it, paper clip that would like give you advice you. or something. Yeah. Like, you look like you're trying to make an MLA citation. Let me help you with that. Daryl I uh, was frustrated with the paper clip. I remember that. Yes. Where resume. did yeah, they Microsoft needs to bring that thing back. They need to bring a lot it's of disappointing. Stuff back. Oh, you know what? While we're on it, last thing. Uh preloaded onto Microsoft comp- Windows computers yep. was that pinball game. Oh my gosh. That thing was Let's amazing. Go. It was always small. That was the problem too. It That's never filled true. up the whole window. That's but true. But that was always... You spend a lot of time. Same I'm with sure there's an, a website out there somewhere oh, that there has that game that you can go back and play. I I loved playing that pinball game. There's that was so awesome. There's so fun games on the computer. I'm just going to mention Backyard Sports and then leave it there. Ooh. Oh. No, we're sticking to this because uh, I believe it was, um, I don't remember. It had to have been Albert Pujols. I don't remember who it was, but like, did Albert Pujols play last year? Uh, Yeah, it was his last year. It was his last year, Mm -hmm. last year. With Albert Pujols' retirement, officially like all of the players, I don't know if it was baseball or every sport. But they're all, like all the real life players depicted in the game are now retired. Oh yeah! Like it was like a passing of the baton. Yep. Like they're all retired now, and I was like, "Oh, that's so sad." It's amazing though. 
I, I just want to go play that right now. Okay, sure. I'm bringing us back on yeah. track. All right, well, um, there's there's a lot of good that comes with all these things, Derek. Yeah. But what 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 we, is the bad? We just hit the bad. We hit almost <laughs> all the bad already. We, we've been hopping around like crazy. Here's, we have been. Here's a uh, we're gonna finish with how here in just a second. But all here's right. here's the sucky part about transitions. You can have amazing transitions and no one's gonna notice. Mm-hmm. Because they're doing what they're meant to do. Yeah. They're meant to transition from yeah. one thing to the next. So no one's going to... Unless you're a nerd and you appreciate transitions, you're not going to be like, dude, that transition was awesome. Like, no one's telling you that after service. No. They're barely telling you the cool point from the sermon right. after service. But what they are talking about is when, like, in the middle of oceans, all of a sudden the lights freaked out and went... And, and they're like... Yeah. And then they're coming to talk to you like, what was up with the lights? Like that, 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 like, yeah, that was weird. They remember that, you know, so yep. like that is, the, that's the harsh reality. So like, that's why, like when you do these things, you have to be in it for the right mindset because you're not going to get the reward. You're just going to get the flack if you're focusing on transitions, but that's what you got to do. So let's tie this whole thing up with yep. this. How do you do this? Well, cause we've made, laid the framework. You can do this poorly, pretty easily. So how do you do this? Well, first piece of advice I have, if you're looking to add lights, sound, haze, background slides, whatever it is, find someone who knows what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Find someone who's, because who if you, if you just actually, go on, honestly, truthfully knows what they're doing. Yes. If you just go to sweetwater.com, you can start buying lights that look like they're going to work and they look like they're going to Good friend of the show, Sweetwater. Yeah. And amazing. let me tell you. One of the candy. reasons they're amazing is that they send candy with every order you make. Which, how can you not? That's how, why other, wouldn't you like that? That's a whole other sign of marketing we could get into. True. Um, but we were we just made some enhancements to our, our sanctuary, to our set. And I was thankful to have somebody who was actually a production lead at a big church for 12 mm-hmm. to 15 years. Believe it or not, he had a lot of good things to say. Yeah. And a lot of good things that were like, I didn't even think about that. And things that I was going to do that he's like, Oh no, you don't want to do that. And I see now why, you know? And so I'm thankful that he had that. And another reason why is for example, there are certain products out there that will do the same thing. And there are certain things where you want to buy the expensive stuff, but there are certain times where it's like, you can get better quality stuff for your space to do what you want to do for a fraction of the cost. Yeah. You know, so like know someone who knows when to skimp on the cheap stuff and when to like not and that kind of thing. So find someone who knows what they're doing. Uh, Another piece of advice I have here, and I've learned this one uh, tenfold, start small and incorporate slowly. Mm -hmm. If you just go and buy a DJ level haze machine, strobe system, laser, and lights, and just throw it up on a Sunday morning, your church is going to hate you. They're going to be like, what just happened? Like, don't throw all this on at one time. Maybe you you switch around some of the wash. Maybe you throw out some of the backlighting or uplighting it and, and change the colors, but start small. I will say the one exception to that would be the sound system because... I, I think sometimes what you see is, you know, oh, like it doesn't sound good. We have to replace our speakers and then it still doesn't sound good. So now we need to replace our soundboard and then it still doesn't sound good. So now we got to replace our amp, like all these little things. And it's like, and oh yeah, by the way, it's the same sound person doing it every time. <laughs> right. <laughs> First, pro- like 
step one is make sure that you're actually getting the most and best out of the current equipment you have before you just assume you need to replace things. But then like for a sound system, like bring somebody in that does this professionally and get the whole thing taken care of. Uh, if you can do that financially, that, that would be my recommendation yep. because all the sound stuff communicates with each other yep. and they're all working in concert together. If you get a system where all the pieces were picked intentionally to work together, it's going to be a lot better than like we have all of this random stuff and we're trying to make it all work together. It's like fitting a square peg in a round hole. Yep. Yeah. And it's going to be a headache and an expensive one at that. If you piece yeah. it together. Yep. Uh, another thing, train well. Just because you who set it up and plumbed it in and have played with it during the week, just because you can run it and know how it should be run and when to run things, when not to run things, doesn't mean you can just say, hey, buddy, all you have to do is hit this button. It'll do like that's not going to work. Like you have to train them. Well, I love Kyle that you alluded to that like you were having a powwow with your team to help steward the moment because the thing that that when it comes to training, you have to explain the why before the what. Just because your teenagers, volunteers know how to manipulate lights doesn't mean they know how or why they should. Mm-hmm. Just because they know how to make sure that that wall is now green and that gobo is over there doesn't mean they understand that when Kyle's making a point and is closing things down, wrapping things up and and having a super somber real moment that you want a gobo going from the wall now to him. Yeah. That's distracting, right? Like just because they know how to do that doesn't mean they should know why they Mm -hmm. should or should not do that. Mm -hmm. And so- but that's where we stop. Sometimes it's like, okay, do you know how to run this board? Yep, I got it. Awesome. Mm-hmm. And that's where we stop. Or it's like, do you know what you're doing here? Like, yeah, I ran church. I ran sound at my last church. Okay, cool. And we give them full reign. Do you realize how broad of a spectrum it is for someone to say, <laughs> I ran sound at my last church? Yeah. Like there are sound boards that you can get for a hundred dollars and you get, there are sound boards you can get for a hundred thousand dollars. Yep. You don't have no idea where they're coming from. And it could be Anywhere along that spectrum. Which and so is scary. it is absolutely scary. And so I would say uh the the other thing, and this is this is uh a hot button for me because I've seen it done very poorly, uh, is is I've seen it I've seen tech training done where it's I don't I as the leader don't know how to do this. I'm going to give you my volunteer YouTube links to videos. You just go watch those and learn it yourself. Uh, and that does two things. One, it's just lazy and it communicates laziness. Uh, but the other thing that it does is I, I there's not teamwork in that. Uh, what I love, and this is something, if you have a soundboard that can do this, this is going to be the greatest training you've ever heard of in your life. If you have a soundboard... And, and a lot of modern ones have this capability where you can access it remotely. You can log into like the, a lot of them will connect with an app on your phone or a program on your computer where you can log into the soundboard remotely. Okay. Do it at like a rehearsal where the sound guys at the board, they close their eyes. You're somewhere else on remotely and you do something, you know, you, 
you mute the guitar player or you completely blast the gain on this one vocal, the background vocalists, you know, you, you mess with the board in some way and then you say go and they've got to try to figure out what happened and, and where the solution is. If you just hand them the keys, if you just give them a couple training videos, what they don't learn is problem solving mm-hmm. and Problem solving is arguably the most important skill a tech person can have when running the equipment that you have, which again, maybe goes back to knowing where you guys are at. If you get all the big fancy equipment, but have nobody that understands how to run it and, and has the capacity to troubleshoot then you're probably going to be in trouble, especially when something goes wrong. And the other problem with that too, which is our last point, is just because they ran sound at a church <laughs> that had two banjos and a ukulele doesn't mean they 20 don't... bucks if that's your worship set on Sunday. That would be amazing. That'd be awesome. <laughs> that would be super awesome. <laughs> I, little known fact, I have actually played a banjo for a worship set. Does before. not surprise me. Just yep. because it's you. If anybody else that would surprise me. I don't, I don't know if I've done me. ukulele. I have done banjo, though. It was really fun. I need to see this. Uh, it was in high school, so okay, I don't well, know that there's video. Well, you have to recreate it live. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, but but like my point is, just because you mixed that doesn't mean you can now come to this church with the digital soundboard, two electric guitars, yeah. a bass, a keys, three vocalists, and drums, and you can go, oh, I got this. Yep. Or you flip that around. You come from a church that runs 1500 on a weekend mm-hmm. and it's boom, boom, you know, it, it's loud, it's crazy, it's going just absolutely nuts. And now you're at a church that's got an acoustic set and you're mm-hmm. just blasting everybody's ears out. Like, yeah. You have to, what this all boils down to is you need to find what fits your church, your culture, your vision. And ultimately, I sure hope you know what's going to be best for your church as the pastor. As the youth pastor, you know what your group can handle. So stretch it. Do something new. But ultimately, if it takes away from your vision, take it out. Yeah. Take it out. Like these are not meant to- Put it in storage. Yeah. I don't care how much you spent on it. Try Mm -hmm. and return it. Try and resell it. it. But no amount of work, no amount of expense is worth you compromising your vision for the sake of these enhancements. Mm -hmm. If they're doing that, they're being used wrong. Paul talks about not making worship, anything in worship, be distracting. Mm -hmm. If these things are built to make your worship better, but they are distracting, that's an expensive distraction. Yeah, I get that. But it's a distraction, no less. Mm -hmm. So you got to get rid of it. You know, And so- these things are meant to enhance your atmosphere, not detract away from it. And if they are, they're not worth your time. Yeah. And the last thing that I'll say is that from a broad perspective, looking at you know ministry as a whole in our culture, I believe very strongly, and, and it's okay if this is just Kyle's personal belief, but I believe very strongly that the church is headed in a direction where less is more. That the church is headed in a direction where all of the tech and and the fancy lights and the haze and the, all of this stuff that can, uh, you know, produce some good things and, and enhance the atmosphere when done right. I, I just, I feel like we are headed in a, in a direction where like, I don't, I don't even know that people want it. 
Yeah. I don't even know that kids like, there's a lot of kids that could not care less about having all of that stuff because at the end of the day, if you ask your youth students, if you ask your congregation, like, and, and this is a, I understand this is a slanted way to put it, but would you rather have some backlighting in a haze machine or the presence of God? Yeah. Like, they would much rather have the presence of God. And so in your role, whether you're the youth pastor, the lead pastor, the worship leader, the tech person, the volunteer sound person, whatever it is, Mm -hmm. you know, and I know that the presence of God is so much more valuable to people than some of these things. Mm -hmm. And so put your effort there first, put an extra 10 hours a week into your sermon Instead of programming the lights, that's a lot of time to program lights. I hope you're not, <laughs> but you get my point. Like, yeah. you know, spend the extra time, you know, developing students and diving into the word with your students and, and less time doing some of these other things. If, if you can set it and forget it, that's a win. If you can automate some of these things, that's a, that's a win. Yeah. Your time is infinitely better used making disciples. Yep. Yeah. Because that's what we're called to do. Drop the mic. I mean, it's, I'll be the first to say we have these things, you know, like we do have them and they are helpful, but you know, it is one of those things like it, it can't, it can't substitute. Mm -hmm. It needs to be put in its proper place. And so I I think ultimately this episode is, is meant, is, not polarizing things because you have people on, on both sides of the spectrum. Yeah. We, you know? we want to give like it, within our context of the podcast, we want to give youth pastors permission to use some of these things well. And we also want to give youth pastors permission to not use these things. To not be burdened by the, if, the, the need. if not be burdened by them, not be confined by them. Like if you use these things every single week, Take one Wednesday and just get rid of it all. Just just as a change of pace. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, if you don't use some of these things, but you have them, maybe use them once uh, just to kind of change the pace and, and have a different atmosphere. Uh, but doing it all within, I, I, you know, I think if we just keep coming back to this idea of doing it all within the what God has called the culture and the vision for your ministry to be. Yeah. Which is, ah, gosh, I, I, that part alone it could be a whole episode. Like accurate because it's it's that's your job. Yeah, that is your job is to know as the shepherd of the sheep what your sheep need. You know, so I think we gotta just leave it there, man. Because I think we've gone for there two hours, but that is the accurate. Mo- the whole story go. is haze until you can't see the person next to you. Mm-hmm. Lasers that are red when possible. Did you know that Sweetwater sells a bubble machine? Oh, you know what? We're gonna have to get some of these now that we have video. Should we do that in my office? Oh, this is a great idea that I cannot see going wrong. (laughs) Well, we at all. We both have kids. We go to Walmart each, get a bubble machine for our kids, and then just (laughs) test them out in here and see what. It's only like like ten bucks on on their website. I don't see the problem with that. We're obvious. I'm obviously looking up the most expensive light that Sweetwater sells. It's because Uh, I I do highly recommend Sweetwater. They they make some really really their customer service is. 
top notch. And they give you candy. And they give you candy. As a youth pastor, what more could you ask for? All right. Money. That does it for t- money. That's fair. Uh, to do all these things. That does it for today's episode. We appreciate you guys hanging out with us. Uh, on behalf of Derek, I'm going to go buy this $13,000 light from Sweetwater. Goodbye. Goodbye.